0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Dive, NBC brings you Sibber, McGee, and Molly Transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Sibber and Molly in just a moment. You have a lot of driving to do between now and next spring, and some of it will be made more difficult by bad weather. That means extra caution on your part to avoid an accident. Statistics show that there are more accidents during the winter months than at other times of the year. It's easy to see why. Not only snow and ice on the roads, but the added hours of darkness and poor vision caused by frost or fog on the windshield all make for danger. But a little extra attention to the rules of driving safety will help you to avoid an accident that could spell tragedy for you, your family, or friends. First of all, make sure that your car is in perfect condition before you start. Especially the brakes and tires. And have tire chains handy in case you need them. Second, drive slowly. Third, watch the traffic signs and obey them. And fourth, signal for all stops and turns. Guard against traffic accidents this winter. Drive carefully for your life. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. McGee are visiting at the fabulous home of Mrs. McGee's wealthy Aunt Sarah. The fact that her aunt was away when they arrived yesterday and they're all alone with a house full of servants isn't spoiling their visit a bit. Get a load of an imitation millionaire living it up. Ah, this is the life for me, kiddo.
2: Well, you certainly seem to be enjoying it. Now get up because it's 11 o'clock and Aunt Sarah's expected today, so... Okay.
3: Call the valet and have him turn these blankets back so I can get up. No, you exerting myself. Okay, okay, I'll get up. Put down that ice water. I'll get up.
2: <laughs> Good. My goodness.
3: Do you ever get spoiled in a hurry? Yeah, I think I could learn to like this life, Molly. Ooh, that floor is cold. Well, put your slippers on. Me? Put my own slippers on myself? Please, my dear. We must not be peasants. Oh, my... Where's that ballet?
2: Hey, Marston. Heavenly days. There'll be some changes when you get home because...
3: <laughs> Are you rain, first. No, I hollered, Marston. Put my slippers on, my good man. Very well, sir.
2: I wonder if the butler's heard from Aunt Sarah yet. He said she'd be home today, but
3: he didn't know what time. Well, I shall be very glad to see you, my dear. I have some suggestions for revising her financial structure, That but... Yes, Marston? I put your slippers on, sir. Is that what you wanted, sir? Except for one thing, yes. Take them off now and put them on me. Oh, I'm sorry. dreadfully sorry. Ah, there you are, sir. Well, oh, that's better, Marston. Now go turn on the tub for me and then fetch me a pair of shoelaces.
0: Oh.
3: Brown
1: ones. very
0: good.
3: Oh, are you
2: taking this big? Now look, Jerry, when Aunt Sarah gets home, slow down on this ordering the servants around, will you?
3: Don't worry, I'll be the soul of diplomacy this trip, kiddo. I'll be as moony-mouthed as a crow in a cornfield. Good for you. I want to find out what she's got in mind anyhow. Ah, when I think of the possibilities. When I think of what I could do with my brains and Aunt Sarah's millions. It just gives me goose pimples, Molly. Yes, makes me shudder, too. Just picture me with $10 million operating in the stock market. There I am in the middle of Wall Street. Get out of that street, boy. You'll get hit by a truck. The Wolf of Wall Street, they call me. <laughs> I deal in millions. I buy. I sell. I buy again. I look at the ticker tape. It's a bull market. And well-named. I see a chance to corner the market. With a million dollars in my hand, I plunge right in.
1: Your boss is ready, sir. Go
2: ahead, Wolf. Plunge
3: right in. I'll meet you downstairs in the
2: drawing room. <laughs>
3: Hey, Molly, where are
2: you? Here I am, dearie, in the drawing room.
3: Hmm.
2: Oh, this place is simply fabulous. Yeah,
3: you heard anything from Aunt Sarah?
2: Not yet, I haven't talked to anybody.
3: Well, let's get that butler in here. I want a cigar anyhow. Where's the bell cord for this room, you know?
2: Try that silk rope against the wall, then.
3: This one? Okay. What happened? Close the drape. Oh, Maybe it's this one here. Yeah, I'll give him five seconds and then... Bite. You rang, sir. Oh, hello,
2: Parkinson. Good morning, man.
3: Yeah, I rang, Parky. A cigar, please. Yes, sir. Here you are, sir. Hmm. Corona, 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 huh? Buck a piece, Molly. Oh? Uh-huh. You may remove the band, Parkinson. Thank you, sir. You may place it between my teeth. Would you like
4: me to bite the end off it for you, sir? Oh, no, no, oh, no. I'm not helpless, Parky.
2: You'd have a hard time proving
3: that. There you are, sir. Ah, get a load of that aroma, Molly. I haven't tasted one of these since I put on the wrong overcoat at the Elks Club. <laughs> Boy, if you could have saw the look
4: on old man McDonald's face when he lit on the Oh, dearie,
2: dearie, now, please. Uh, have you heard from my aunt, uh, Parkinson?
4: I was about to tell you, ma'am, we had a message from madame this morning. Good. She is in town and on her way home, but she is stopping to see a friend off at the airport. She expects to be here at 2 o'clock, end of message. Oh, uh,
2: did you talk to her? Does she know we have arrived?
4: I regret to say she does not, ma'am. The above quoted message came from her banker, who received it from her attorney and delivered it by telephone.
3: Well, we'll have a little surprise for her, won't we, Parky?
4: I dare say, sir. Uh, will that be all, sir?
3: Yeah. Oh, oh uh, incidentally, tell the cook not to bother with anything elaborate for lunch, Parkinson. Thank you, sir. Just a simple breast of pheasant under glass. Same glass, of course. Broccoli with holiday sauce and a couple of baked alaska. Oh, my. And, and Parkinson, tell the cook to bake no. those alaska as well. The one she sent up for my midnight snack last night was cold in the middle. But Medea baked Alaska has ice cream. Please, my dear. That will be all, Parkinson. Very well,
4: sir. Here, when the cook is
3: this. Come, my dear. Leave a stroll through the garden.
1: Back to West for Vista in a minute. You know, you are the Red Cross. Yes, the Red Cross is you. Through your support of this great organization, with your time, your blood, and your money, you have made it possible for thousands of people to receive Red Cross assistance. You helped the disaster victim when flood water swept away everything he held dear, or when an explosion shattered his dwelling. You have provided the life-giving blood that saved the lives of servicemen wounded in Korea. You provided the blood that was fractionated into plasma, into serum albumin and gamma globulin, valuable miracle workers doctors use every day to combat shock and disease. You gave assistance to the servicemen whose absence from home created family difficulties, which seemed to him too great to overcome. You did these things through your Red Cross. But the Red Cross needs continuing help. It's up to all of us. So give to the Red Cross. Help your neighbor.
0: But, Cookie, you can't desert the kitchen now. Breast of pheasant under stained glass, he wants us. A baked Alaska done in the middle. Eighteen years I've cooked for the missus. Her and her cock-eyed relatives.
4: Please, Mrs. O'Brien, let us not so far forget ourselves as to refer to Madame's relatives, however trying they may be, as her cock-eyed relatives.
0: I'll refer to her cock-eyed relatives any way I like, Mr. Parkinson. Uh, I have never seen one like this one. <laughs> Marie,
4: his name is. It is his wife who is related to Madame. Well,
0: I... it's a fine name to belong to such a knucklehead. Eleven o'clock last night, the buzzer rang. A little back, he wanted. I sent up a ham sandwich. Twelve o'clock, the buzzer wakes me up again. Too much maybes on the sandwich, he says. One o'clock, he wants a glass of milk. Warm
4: milk. I fully sympathize with you, Margaret. Their unexpected arrival quite upset me yesterday. Later, I apologize to the gentleman for having lost my savoir-faire. He suggested that I had probably dropped it on the stairs. <laughs> and do you know? I found myself searching for it on the way down. It's frightening.
0: Well, he doesn't frighten me. And I don't care whose relatives they are. I'll bake no baked alive. <laughs>
3: You may remove the plates now, Parkinson. Thank you, sir. That was a
2: wonderful lunch, Parkinson. Yes.
3: You may carry our compliments to the cook. She'll be
4: happy, sir. Mr. Parkinson. Yes, Marston.
1: I uh, beg your pardon, sir, but Madame is arriving at the plate.
4: Thank you, Marston. If you'll excuse me, I shall greet Madame with the news of your arrival.
2: Oh, good. I was beginning to think she'd never... We
4: shall repair to the library to await our aunt, Parkinson.
3: We shall receive her there.
2: I'll be so glad to see Aunt Sarah.
3: Ah, yes. Dear old loaded Aunt Sarah. Bless her rich old. Never
2: mind. I wish you'd stop saying that.
3: I'm just joking, kiddo. Seriously, I've been giving a lot of thought to her today. And the more I think of it, the more convinced I am that we ought to sell out in Whistle Vista and move in here with her. Boy, that green room is the nicest.
2: Hush. Here she is, dear.
3: Ah,
2: Aunt. <laughs> That's not Aunt Sarah. Nope. Is
0: that Phil Parkinson?
3: Yes, madame. You looking for Aunt Sarah, sis? Because pull up a chair. We're expecting her any minute.
0: May I ask just who you are?
3: Who are we? Why, uh, why, McGee's my name. Trevor McGee, and this is my wife, Molly.
0: How do you do, I think? Just what are you doing in my house? They assured me that... Your house? Uh, Who are you? I am Mrs. Watson J. Wellington uh, third.
3: Oh, well, well, you're confused, sis.
0: This is Aunt Sarah's house. Oh,
2: dear, hush, McGee. I, well, Mrs. Wellington, this... Uh, this is terrible. I
0: quite agree.
4: Quite. Well,
2: I, uh, well, we, that is... Well, you see, Mrs. Wellington, we live in Whistful Vista. Whistful
4: Vista? Yeah.
3: And you see, Molly's Aunt Sarah bought a new house. Aunt and,
2: Sarah Driscoll. And
3: she wired us to come and visit her. Uh, I got the wire right here. One, 109 Westlake Road, it says.
0: Mrs. Driscoll does live at 109 Westlake Road, and Mr. McGee. Uh-huh. This is 1109. Oh, one
3: oh. Well, it was raining, and
2: the number... Oh, dear, this is... Uh, wait a minute now. You know my Aunt Sarah,
0: do you? Uh, Sarah Driscoll and Mrs. McGee is my closest friend. I just put her aboard the plane. well A pl- plane? It said she invited her niece to visit her, but didn't get an answer. Uh-oh. She closed the house and went to Florida for the winter. She yeah. loves Florida in the winter. Yeah.
3: Well, personally, I spend my winters in Whistle Vista Arkansas. You may pack our
2: bags. Oh, this is ridiculous.
1: Pepper and Molly will be right back. Crisp autumn nights are here. Drifting smoke from burning leaves fills the air with a special fall aroma. And the time of the pumpkin and goblins is upon us. And inside the house, it's time to gather around your radio for the wonderful entertainment that's yours for the listening on the NBC radio network. Tomorrow night, you'll hear another exciting story of the Old West on the Roy Rogers Show, featuring the King of the Cowboys, Roy Rogers, with Pat Brady, and the Queen of the West, Day 11. You'll truly enjoy the adventures from the Double R Bar Ranch in Paradise Valley as told on the Roy Rogers Show. And you also find great family comedy on Father Knows Best when Robert Young steps into the title role to provide 30 minutes of laugh-filled entertainment. Another Thursday night feature on the NBC Radio Network is Eddie Cantor's show business show. During his program, Eddie tells you little-known stories about well-known show business personalities. Thursday is just one of the seven evenings every week filled with pop radio entertainment on the NBC Radio Network. <laughs>
2: Good
3: to get home, won't it, dearie? Yeah, sure will. Hey, I wonder if that Mrs. Wellington knows she's got a pickpocket working at her house. A
2: pickpocket? What do you mean?
3: You know them dollar cigars in that silver box? Yeah. Well, just before we left, somebody took three dozen of those out of my overcoat and put them back in the box.
0: Oh.
1: Good night. Good night,
0: all.
1: <laughs> NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program, transcribed with Harley Bear as the butler, Margaret Brayton as the cook, and Elvia Allman as Mrs. Wellington. This is John Wall inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber, McGee, and Molly. And our live with Can You Top This on the NBC Radio Network.